Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. talk to you about about the topic of fear. The topic of fear, I've got seven points, so that should scare you today. Um, usually I have two or three, but um, seven points. We're going to move through this pretty quick, um, but I want to let you know we're going to do communion at the end of service. So if you didn't get your communion emblems, go grab them real quick and come back to this place. But, but here's what I know is that all of us are scared of something, right? Like if you say, I'm not scared of anything, you're a liar. And we'll talk about lying another week. I'm actually, next week we're gonna be talking about choices. And man, if you're here or you've got kids or teenagers or you're just an adult, I believe this with all my heart. Your choices make up the sum of your life. And what your choices dictate your life and your choices are a big deal and important. And so next week we're gonna talk about how to make really wise choices in a world that's making poor choices so that you can live with, with less regrets, uh, making better choices with limited regrets. And that's going to be our topic next week. But today, I want to talk to you about this. We're in a world that's losing their mind right now. And we're freaking out, and we're fearful, and there's all things to be fearful about, and, and we run to this part, and we run to that part, and how do you, how do you not freak out in a culture that has literally been freaking out for over a year? And, and so here's my goal, here's my big takeaway, is that when everyone else is losing their mind, you would keep yours, right? As when everyone else is losing their mind, they are losing it, right, that you would keep yours, <clears throat> that you wouldn't let fear dictate your actions or your inactions, because that's what I believe. I think some of us, we let fear dictate our actions or we let it be the cause of our inactions. And all the adults in the place, I need to talk to you. We got to calm down, right? We're scaring the children. We got to, we got to calm down in this place our kids are watching, they're like, you're scared, I'm scared, right? You're freaking out, I'm freaking out, and everybody's freaking out. And so how do you and I not live our lives in a way that is fearful? So our text, we've got a lot of Bible to get to today. Um, our text is going to be found in Numbers, the end of chapter 13, the beginning of 14. If you brought your Bible, you can turn there. Um, I want to set our text up today. What has happened is that Moses, Mo, right, has led the Israelites out of Egypt. They've sent plagues. Uh, God sent plagues. And um, you know the whole Red Sea thing. It opens up. He leads them through, you know, collapses on the Egyptians. And they've been in the wilderness for a little bit. Not, not 40 years yet, but they've been in the wilderness. Um, and God is leading them 
to their promised land, the place that, that he has for them, uh, uh, just the promises of God, right? And, and so here's what happens is that before the Israelites go in to possess the land, God instructs Moses to pick out 12 guys, 12 guys from the whole country of the Israelites to go do a vision trip or go spy it out, right? We would call it a vision trip. Like, like let's go see what this is about. Let's see what we're capable of, what, what the risks are, you know, risk management trip, whatever you want to call it. And so they pick one guy from each tribe of Israel, which there's 12 tribes of Israel, um, to go spy out the land, come back and report it. And that's where we pick up at Numbers chapter 13, verse 25, through 33, and it says this, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land, and this was their report to Moses. So they're talking to Mo right now, right? They're talking to Moses. This is their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey, and here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, not talking about the San Antonio area of Texas, but a different hill country, right? The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Man, Caleb is my spirit animal. Like, he's my boy, right? Like, that's what I'm talking about, Caleb. But the other men who explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. What are you talking about, Caleb? You're like, you're crazy. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among the land, about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. Stop. Pause. So they just made the first, like, part of Star Wars happen in reality, right? Like that pit that swallows, you know, Bubba Fett. This is what they're describing. Like the land will swallow you. If you just walk through, it's just going to swallow you alive. Like, like they have, are, are totally letting fear take them here. And they are freaking not just themselves out. They're making stuff up and they're freaking everybody else out. All the people we saw were huge. So there wasn't one normal-sized person there, right? Everyone's huge. We even saw giants. So not just huge people, but there's also giants there, okay? We saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought. We know what they're thinking. We can talk to them. They didn't see us, right? But they thought we were grasshoppers too. Verse chapter 14, then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. And I want you to think about this. The same guys that delivered you out of bondage and slavery from Israel, they're complaining and they're griping and they're coming against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt 
or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Here, here, here's what I want us to understand about this real quick. These are the men griping and complaining and whining and griping. Ladies, you're off right here. Like you're, you're like, yeah, you bunch of men are whiny, right? They're being whiny babies right now. And so then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Two of the men who explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, tore their clothing. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled to and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless. Pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. And what happens? They stayed afraid of them. And they get mad at Caleb, and they get mad at Joshua, and they decide, hey, we're going to stone these guys. And when I say stone these guys, I'm not talking about this kind of stoning. I'm talking about this kind of stoning, like totally different kind of stoning that maybe you're thinking of, um, to kill them, to bring them to their death. And God intervenes, and here's what God says. Because you decided to let fear win, because you decided to doubt me, you're going to wander for 40 years in the wilderness, and none of you except for Joshua and Caleb are going to inherit and step into the promised land. Because they freaked out, right? Because they started doubting what the Lord was capable of, and they let fear win, they wandered in mediocrity instead of stepping into the promise that God had for them. And what is true for them is still true for us. I mean, if we're not careful... Our life can be lived out wandering the wilderness of mediocrity because we were too scared to step into what God has called us to, what he's promised us to. And I believe this with my, I mean, if there's one thing I believe, it's this. God's called you and I to live big lives and do big things. Man, I believe that. And it doesn't have an age limit on it. Man, you can be 79 years old. I don't know why that age right now, but 79 years old right now. And I believe your best can still be in front of you. Why not? God's calling does not have an expiration date on it. And some of us here, we, the reason we're not living these big lives and stepping into the promises of God is because we're allowing fear to hold us hostage and make us wander in the wilderness of mediocrity. So how do you and I have, be, how do we become a Joshua and a Caleb in a land of people that are letting fear win? How do we not lose our minds when everyone else is losing theirs? I think there's several things, but the first thing is we've got to understand how fear affects us. How, how fear affects our mind, affects our, spot, our body, affects our choices and the way that we go through life. And the first thing is this, fear makes us overemphasize the negative, right? Fear, this is what fear does. Anything that goes wrong, we focus on. What did the men, all the 10, the 10 out of the 12 spies, they came back and what were they doing? They're talking about the, the land will devour you. 
There's, there's huge people and there's giants everywhere and there's no way. And all they're doing, even though they brought produce and fruit back to show them, and yeah, it's, yeah there's potential, the land's flowing with milk and honey, whatever, Moses, but, but, you know, I, I don't know, there's some good stuff over here, but, but, man, do you know all the bad things that could happen? And they overemphasized the negative. And can I, we have been a culture the last year that has been overemphasizing and fixated on the negative. Think about it. Past year, we have been consumed with COVID and the pandemic, and, and, and rightfully so, I get it. It's a real thing. Some of you are like, no, it's not. It's a real thing, right? So, you know, we've been, we've been fixated on that. We've been fixated on the elections and what has happened and the outcome of the elections and, and all the things going on. We have been fixated on running out of toilet paper the last year, right? So, so here, honest, honest question, honest, honest, just moment of honesty here. It's real easy for us to be like, oh, those petty people, right? When you found out that toilet paper was running out, what did you do? You went out and you bought toilet paper, right? We all did. We're like, I guess baby wipes are going to have to work. Like, it got bad. And here's what was hilarious. When you found, Jeremy, when you, you probably didn't do this, but if a good friend like me would have found toilet paper at a Reese's, I would have been like, hey, Jeremy, you got to get over here, bro. They got toilet paper, but it's not going to be here much longer. We did, we texted our friends, our family, there's toilet paper at this Reese's, there's toilet paper at this Walmart, right? Like, get here now. I'm saving. I've got like four rolls or, or four, four things, but they won't let me check out with any but two, right? Like, we were. We were losing our mind. We were fixated on running out of toilet paper. We were fixated on murder hornets. How many of you guys remember that? Like the hornets that were coming over from like China or Japan, right? We'll just blame China. We'll blame China for everything. It's China's fault. Like murder hornets. Like it was crazy. The riots. For some of you, this was a real struggle. When Prince Harry and Meghan Markle quit the royal family, you're like, ah, I can't stop thinking about it. Why, why, why? You guys were so great. I'm running out of meat. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but some of you were like, you got to get two weeks of meat. They're going to run out of meat, and if you don't have any, you know, this is this. And we've become, we were on this. Most of us, we were on the edge of becoming preppers. Let's be honest, right? My kids' lives will never be the same, mom and dad. School will never be the same. Athletics, they'll never know what a childhood should look like and could be like. And, and we start fixating and we start overemphasizing the negative. And if we're not careful, that's what fear does. And it keeps us focused on the ites of life, right? When, when the spies came, they were talking about the Jebusites and the Ammonites and the Canaanites. And it was all the ites and all that could happen and all that, that probably was going to happen. And we, we just can't do it. And if you're not careful, that's exactly what fear does. It makes you fixate. It makes you focus. It makes you overemphasize everything negative. And what happens is our, life, our thought life becomes trained to think this way. What could go wrong probably is going to go wrong. I got to tell you, if that's where you're at, you are going to have a real hard time stepping in 
to what God has for you and the promises that God wants you to step into. But you're not going to be willing to step into your, your promised land without having to overcome some fear. The second way that, that fear affects us is that fear makes us underestimate the ability of God and what he is capable of doing in and through me. Fear underestimates the ability of God and what he is capable of doing in and through me. Fear makes you feel inadequate. Fear makes you not feel like you are up to the job, not capable of accomplishing your dream, the purpose, the passion that God has. Well, I just don't know if I can be a great mom. I don't know if I can be a great, I don't know if I can. Teenagers, you guys are already struggling with doubt. Like, I just don't know how this would happen. I don't know how, and fear wants to come in and make you underestimate what you are capable of, what God is capable of doing even in you and through you, and that is fear. And you gotta be really cautious that you don't let fear freak you out from stepping into the calling that God has for your life. It's a big thing, it's a real thing. What the Israelites, the, these are grown men. These are, these are warriors. They came back and like, we're grasshoppers, man. We're grasshoppers compared to all these people. We can't do this. We're not, we're not, and it was all about me, right? Wasn't it? Nothing the, the Israelite spies, the 10 out of the 12 came back. None of it was about what God could do. That was Caleb and Joshua. It was all about what I am capable of doing. And fear turns the spotlight on you instead of him. Man, fear turns the spotlight on you instead of him, and it always makes you not feel up to the task, up to the promise, up to the, to the plan that God has for you. And I've noticed something. One thing I've noticed is that fear and rumors are way more contagious than courage and truth, right? When they came, it said it spread among the Israelites, None of it was true. All of it was a, this might happen. This could happen. What if this does happen, right? It was the ites. They had a case of the ites and the Israelites. Hey, that kind of rhymed. Um, but, but they had a case of the ites because rumors and fear spread a whole lot easier than courage and truth. But it's really hard to do something courageous and wise while you're operating out of fear and off of rumors. It's really hard to live a life that is courageous and wise and significant, that you've lived your life out in a way that made a difference and that mattered while you're operating out of fear and off of rumors. And fear will always exaggerate what you're facing and diminish who Christ is in you and what he's capable of doing through you. That's how fear works. The third way fear works is this. Fear makes us miserable. Fear makes us miserable. What did they do? Very, very first part of Numbers 14, it says they cried and they moaned and they wept all night long. The whole country of Israel. And here's what blows my mind. They're crying and they're losing their mind and they're freaking out over something that didn't even happen. Right? It's not like people were invading them and they were conquered. No. They're losing it over the what, what might, and this is what fear always robs you of your peace, always robs you of your sleep. I bet you there's 80% of us in this place that have had a hard time sleeping because of the what ifs that have gone through your mind. What if this happens? Well, what if that happens? 
well, Justin, can you tell me that this isn't going to happen? How, how do you know? How do you know? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that that's how, well, see, then I should be worried about it. No, 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 no. And fear makes you, and here's the other part, fear makes others that are around you miserable. It does. It robs you of your peace. Robs you of your sleep. Some of you just need a nap, right? Like some of you, like you're like, that's why I'm at third service right now. Like some of us, we just need a nap because finding peace and finding sleep is hard because fear is making us miserable. I remember um, the first time I went to go bungee jumping, I went and there was a guy about my age, um, his family was with him. Um, my family was in Tulsa, I was in Dallas, but I was with a bunch of buddies and, and we go out and this, this guy is in front of me getting ready to go bungee jumping and I'm going to go skydiving. I think skydiving for my personality will be easier than bungee jumping because somebody just pushes you out. Like you're strapped to another guy and it's like, whether you want to go, the moment you get on the plane, you're going out the plane, right? Like there's no going back. Bungee jumping is accurately described because you have to jump, right? Like it's not, somebody's not pushing you. And so this guy comes out and he's about my age and he's got his two little kids and his wife down there looking. And there's a little college student helping, a little college female helping um, us get, get all of everything on and where we need to go. And he froze. And he gets to the edge. And I mean, he, he turns, I've never seen somebody turn so white in my life. I'm just like, he turned just like a white sheet and his, his little kids down there going, come on, daddy, you can do it. You can do it, just be brave, dad. <laughs> and I mean, it was so, I was just like, come on, buddy, you can do it. I was cheering him on because I, I get it, man. I was like, oh, man, and he couldn't do it. And the little college, like, female was, like, coming out and had to, like, how horrible is that? Like, a female, like, little college students coming out, like, come on, you can do it buddy it's okay buddy right like and he's walking like this like I can't believe it I've lost my mind and I'm right after him I just go up and I jump off I'm like Wah! you know I'm like I'm totally gonna shame you big sissy right like like I'm gonna drive maybe I should be your dad right like <laughs> that's a whole different message um but <laughs> here's what happened he let fear make him miss out on an awesome opportunity that was scary as all get out and that's what fear does, right? Fear makes you miserable, and it makes you miss out on the adventure of a lifetime that God wants you to go through. I tell you, there's some scary things that you're going to have to go through. And if you allow it, fear will make you miserable and paralyze you from stepping into the plan that God has for you. Never... Nowhere in God's word does it say that he came that you would have a safe life. He just said that he came that you may have a full life. And what I have experienced is most of the time that fullness and living that life to the full, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, usually means there's a little bit of fear mixed in with the abundance. Last thing is this. Fear makes you overvalue the past and undervalue the future. Fear makes you overvalue the past and undervalue the future, right? The Israelites like lost their minds. They started talking about Egypt 
in a romantic way. This is like you having a psycho girlfriend or boyfriend and being like, oh, but they kind of treated me okay. No, they didn't. Like, stop, stop that nonsense right now. Like, they did not. Boy, they only cheated on me like five times. Do you hear yourself right? This is, this is what is going on. The Israelites are talking nicely. Well, Egypt wasn't all that bad. I mean, we were just slaves for 500 years, right? Like, it wasn't, we just got whipped if we misbehaved. Like, like, what are you talking about? And this is what fear does. It makes you overvalue what happened in your past, and the good old days were never that good. Hear me, the good old, if you're stuck in the good old days and trying to relive your good old days, they were never that good, and you are cheating yourself because you are undervaluing the promises and the future that God has for you. And yet, there was Caleb and Joshua. And here's what I love about Caleb and Joshua. Is that Caleb and Joshua decided, as the Bible says, they had a different spirit. God said this about them, about Caleb. My, my servant Caleb has a different spirit, a different attitude. There's something different about him, right? We'd say it that way in Oklahoma, you're different, right? And so there's something different. that Caleb's not losing his mind as the rest of the nation of Israel is. He's not losing his mind as the other, other 10 spies are. Joshua's not losing his mind as the other, other, other spies are, but they kept theirs. And they understood where God was calling them and what they were capable of doing because God was in them. And as a result, here's what's amazing. None of us, I would say, could name any of the other spies except for Joshua and Caleb, right? All of those 10 other guys lived lives that were forgettable. And what I know about you and me, in third service, I'm so glad you're here because I get to spend a little bit more time on this. What I know about you and me is that we want to live a life that is memorable, that made a difference, that made an impact. And now we name our sons, I don't, I don't, I don't have a kid, I don't have a son, I'm, I do, but we name them Joshua. We name them, we don't even know the names of the 10 other spies. Right? Why? Because they let fear win instead of God win. They let fear be lived out instead of their faith be lived out. And what I believe is this, is that God wants to do the same thing and move in you the same way as he did Joshua and Caleb. So how do we not let fear win? How do we not freak out when everybody else is freaking out? When the whole world's freaking out around us, when the whole world is running around in fear, how do we have faith over fear and live a Joshua and Caleb type of life? The first thing is this, you have to admit you struggle with fear. This is not easy. But you got to admit that you struggle with fear. If we fail to address it, we fail to correct it. What we are not willing to admit and address, we're not willing to have corrected in our life. And many of us, when I say, man, you know, you're operating out of fear, you're operating out of a spirit of fear, you're letting fear win, something rises up inside of you, and you say, I'm not fearful, Justin. But reality says something else. And here's what Caleb said. After the end of the speech, it was our last verse in the whole thing. In verse 9 of chapter 14, he says, don't be af afraid of them. Don't be afraid of all the ites. He's talking to all the men. He's talking to all the Israelites. And what happens? The Israelites, the men, get mad. They get angry, and they decide they're going to stone Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because you dared say, I was afraid. And here's what I have found when it comes to fear. 
is that many times when we're struggling with fear, we're not just struggling with fear, we're struggling with pride. Because we fail to admit that we're struggling with fear. And when you struggle with pride and fear, it becomes very toxic to your life. Because here's the reality. Here's, here's the truth of it. We just want to call it someone, something else. Because none of us like to admit that we're fearful about things. That we're, we call it something else. And I'm sure these spies called it something. Well, Joshua, well, Caleb, hear me. Man, maybe, maybe I'm not thinking we can go do this, but that doesn't make me fearful. That just makes me sensible and reasonable, right? I'm just, I'm just playing the odds, Josh. Calm down over there. Sit down, right? Like, I'm just a realist, Caleb. Like, why don't you just look at the reality of the situation? I'm, and here's the problem. They never would admit that they're struggling with fear. And if, you're li- if your life's going to get better, man, you got to humble your, don't puff up with pride. Don't you say, I have a problem with fear. Don't puff up with pride, but come in low. Because pride never receives, receives correction. And some of you, if you don't receive correction in this part of your life, it's going to greatly hinder what you are able and what God is going to be able to do in and through your life. And you got to humble yourself and say, man, yeah, I'm scared of this. This is the snake part of my life, Right? I hate snakes. I'm scared of snakes. I don't like snakes. It still gives me the willies looking at that video. I hate them. And there are certain things and certain aspects of life that are way bigger than snakes that scare me. And you can say, well, I'm just an anxious person. That's the same thing as being a fearful person. Well, I'm just a worrier. God didn't create you to be a worrier, but he didn't give you a spirit of fear. But his word says he gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And the only way those three things become a reality over fear is when you just, you admit it. You admit the struggle. The second thing is this, how we become a Joshua and a Caleb is that we have a mind controlled by the Spirit. What's driving your thought life? What's controlling your mind and your thought life? It says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So let your sinful nature, so, let your, so letting... Your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Catch that. Letting the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, control your mind, it leads to life and peace. And a lot of us, the reason we're not experiencing the true life that God has for us in the peace is because we haven't yielded control of our mind to the Holy Spirit. Well, Justin, are you saying I'm sinning because I struggle with a mind of fear? Are you saying that's a sinful, my sinful nature? I'm saying this, there's a big difference between struggling with something and surrendering to something. And that's in every aspect of your life. All of us struggle with something, but none of us should surrender to anything except for Jesus Christ. All of us have our struggles, but have you surrendered? Well, this is just who I am. No, 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 that's not a mind that is being run by, that's not having the mind of Christ. That's letting your sinful nature, that's letting just your nature 
win out. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we don't have to act like everybody else or act like our culture. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. How can you have a sound mind? It's when you have the mind of Christ. Caleb and Joshua, what was God saying? He has a different spirit. He has a different attitude. He's thinking different. His mind was dominated and ran by the Holy Spirit. He had a mind of Christ. And when you have a mind of Christ, when you understand your mind is is being led by your spirit-led nature instead of what you feel and what you see, when it's not just dominated by your sin or your self-led nature, you think different and your life looks different does. Don't let fear freak you out. Don't let fear just run crazy and run your mind and your thought life into all these different extremes. But take captive every thought and make it submissive to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Have, a mind, have the mind of Christ. The third thing is this, is that when you're facing the unknown, focus on who you do know. Right, when you're facing the unknown, we're all going to face things that we don't understand. We're all going to face unknown moments and unknown situations and circumstances. You're going to have a test that is run on your body that you don't know the outcome. You're going to have doctor's appointments. There's going to be financial moments. There's going to be moments with your kids. There's going to be moments with your spouse. There's going to be moments at the job. There's going to be moments in your life, teenager, where the, the future is unknown. And when you don't know it, when you don't know the outcome, when there's an unknown future and an unknown, you're facing the unknown unknown circumstances of life, focus on who you do know. Focus on who you can trust and who you do know that is in the situation with you. This past week, I went duck hunting. I went hunting for the first time ever in my life. Now, I don't know who trusts me with a gun in the middle of the dark of a field, but my buddy Chad um, and Dakota trust me enough to invite me to go Duck hunting. I got to tell you, I had a blast. I had a total blast. But I, I've, n- I've never been hunting. The only duck hunting I've ever played is on the original Nintendo, right? Like with the gun, like brum, brum, brum. That's all. I didn't know anything. I didn't know like when I was supposed to shoot. I didn't know what it was. So we get up way too early. We, go, we get up really, really early. And I meet Chad and I jump in his truck, right? And I throw my stuff in his truck and he takes us out to the middle of nowhere. Some place I've never been, some place I don't know, I still don't know how to get to it. I don't know, I don't know, I couldn't tell you how to get there, right? And he's like, hey, grab your stuff and put our waders on. He's like, grab this gun, strap it over your shoulder so it doesn't swing around and follow me. And I'm like, okay. And so him and Dakota are leading the way and I'm like, I've left my phone in the car and I'm thinking right now as we had to crawl over this gate and as we get on the other side of the gate, I'm like, Dude, Chad could totally off me right now, and nobody would know. Like, nobody would know. 
No, I mean, my wife would know, but be like, I don't know where Justin went. Like it was pitch dark in the black. I've never been where we were. I didn't know what to expect. And as we're walking, Dakota's like, there's some cows over there. And when he said that, I'm like, there's going to be a bull over there, right? Like I just instantly start going to the worst extreme. I'm like, I'm going to get trampled by a bull. This is how I'm going to die. I mean, all these thoughts are going through my mind. Like I'm going to get killed by Chad. There's going to be a bull that tramples me. (laughs) All these things, I don't have my cell phone, all this stuff. And here's what I had to understand. None of that's going to happen to me because I trust Chad. I can't see where I'm going. It's dark. I can't see my hand in front of my face. I don't know how to build duck blind. I don't know what it was to put, you know, ducks, whatever you call them, out in the water. Like, I don't know. You know, I don't know what it, when I was, I didn't even know when I was supposed to shoot. I'm like, Chad, I know how to shoot a gun, but you're going to have to tell me when to shoot. Like, I don't know. And he's like, now, you know, I'm like, ah, I'm like Dick Cheney all over the place shooting people. Like, I'm just like, ah, here's the deal. I couldn't see where I was going. I didn't know what to expect. And it was dark, but I knew I could trust Chad and Dakota. And man, you're going to face moments where it's dark and you don't know which direction to go, you don't know what's happening, you don't have the answers, but hear me, you can trust who you know. And here's what the Bible says about who you and I know as our Lord and Savior. Psalms 23, verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect And comfort me. Psalms 56, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Psalm 73, my health may fail. And my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Psalms 84, for the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Isaiah chapter 40, have you never heard, have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God? That's who he is, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Zephaniah chapter 3, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Deuteronomy 31, don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you may have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Psalms 91, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare. 
declare about the Lord, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Joshua 1, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. John 14, I'm living you with a gift, peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Philippians chapter 4, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Church, that's who you know. That's who you serve. That's who's walking with you in times where it is unsure and it is dark. And so you may not understand what you're facing. The unknown may be uncertain, but trust who you do know. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray for every life and every heart in this place because, Lord, there's moments that fear just grabs hold of our life and it seems like it won't let go. There's moments and times where we get fixated, and it seems like it comes in waves. We get fixated on all that could go wrong. We get consumed with the ites in life. We go through all the what-if scenarios. And truly, probably 85% of the things we fear never come true, never become a reality. And yet some of us are here, and today, Man, our world's been rocked by fear. Our heart, our peace has been stolen by fear. And the simple reality is we've been freaking out. And so, Lord, I pray that you would raise us up to be Joshua and Caleb's today. Lord, that we would have a different attitude, that we would have a different mindset, we would have a different spirit. And that, Lord, we would not underestimate what you are capable of doing in and through us. Lord, no matter what the unknown may be, no matter what the obstacle may be in our future, that we would understand who we serve and we would understand who we know and who is with us and who is guiding us and who is directing us. And the Lord, the result would be that we would live our lives in such a way that it matters. Man, that it makes a difference. And it is lived not based off of fear, not playing the odds, not being reasonable and sensible, but it would be based on living a life of faith and trusting the one who's calling us forward. Lord, let us understand. We may not understand how it's all going to work out. Lord, there may be some unknown aspects of our life, but we can trust the one we know. So give us a mind that is controlled by the Spirit, the mind of Christ. And Lord, if we struggle in this area, man, let us come clean with it. Let us admit it that we can be a Joshua and a Caleb in this world, in this time. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here, you say, Justin, I'm here today. You talked about wandering in the wilderness, and I gotta be honest, man, that's been me. I feel like I've just been wandering in a wilderness. And I'm lost. And where I should be at in my relationship with the Lord, I'm not even close right now. And you may not even remember when you walked away. 
You may not even remember where, where, where it all went wrong, but you're here right now and you know there's a change that needs to happen. There no, you know there's a change that you need to have in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Today, if that's you, when I count to three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And whether you're at home watching online or you're here in this place, here's what I know and what I believe to my core is that God sees a hand and he changes a heart. If that's you today, man, stop your wandering. Let's get it right. One, two, three. Is there anyone today? You say, Justin, that's me today. Yep. Is there anyone else? Yep. There's two individuals in the service. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, man, I've just been wandering. Man, I don't, I, don't, I don't even remember. But I know there's a change that needs to happen. Is there anyone else before we go any further in the service? You join these two hands that are lifted. You say, Justin, this, this is my moment. This is my moment. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, whether you're here in this place or you're at home, would you repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart? Jesus, I come before you today. And God, I confess and I've been wandering. And I don't even know necessarily where it went wrong, but I know something's not right. And so I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, and I ask you, I ask you for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living, and I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.